Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of the SNAP Podcast. In this episode, Josie sits down with Dr. Lauren Lieberman to discuss her adventures with creating and running campabilities. I won't go into too much detail because Josie and Lauren talk about what campabilities is, how it got started, and how it continues to grow. Without further ado, here's Josie's conversation with Dr. Lauren Lieberman. So today we have on with us Dr. Lauren Lieberman. Um, she is a distinguished professor. She created Camp Abilities and is a leading authority on um, activities for individuals with visual impairments. Hello, Dr. Lieberman. Hello, Josie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited about this. We've recently been talking to our students and new professionals about ways that they can get involved in the community for the individuals that we work with and suggestions that they can make to some of our um, patients as to how they can get a little bit more involved in their communities. And I think that you have some great things to present for us today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So first, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to be where you are today? Sure. I, um, well, I started my career at the Perkins School for the Blind, and that is in Watertown, Massachusetts. And then um, after that, I uh, went and did my doctorate at Oregon State University. And because I was at Perkins School for the Blind and I had been working with children with visual impairments, I really wanted to focus on visual impairment. And also, because I was fluent in sign language, I also really wanted to work with kids who are deaf. And it was pretty natural for me to work with kids who are deafblind as well as visually impaired. So that's when I decided when I was in my doctoral program to do my dissertation with children who are deaf. Mm -hmm. And then after graduate school, I got a job at Brockport, which is called SUNY Brockport State University of New York at Brockport currently called the college at Brockport (laughs) a little shorter (laughs) and then um, in the kinesiology department I teach adapted physical education right and so at what point did you decide you know we should start camp abilities and maybe explain a little bit what camp abilities is for our listeners sure sure so I I had my my background experience was with children with visual impairments and kids who are deafblind and I saw the potential you know the abilities of children who are visually impaired, and I know what they could do. But when I came to the college at Brockport and I went into our practicum, I went in there and I looked around and I noticed we have lots of kids with disabilities, kids with CP, kids with autism, kids with learning disabilities, intellectual disabilities, but very few kids with visual impairments. And I know as well as anybody that the only way to really learn how to teach kids with visual impairments is to teach kids with visual impairments. And so I was upset thinking, you know, what am I going to do to make sure my students get these opportunities? And so I wrote a grant to start a summer camp and I got the money. And so I thought, what should we call it? I didn't want it to be negative or, you know, I wanted it to be something empowering. And so we called it Camp Abilities. And I partnered with the New York State Commission for the Blind. We got kids to come here. I got some other universities to send their students I had my students come, and then we started Camp Abilities in 1996 with just 27 kids and, uh, you know, kind of worked our way through, like, what sports we were going to have and how we were going to instruct and give feedback and assess, and it's just grown from there, and 
we had waiting lists and we started having kids coming from other states like Texas and Alaska and Maryland and Connecticut and um, Arizona. And I was, I was thinking at first, wow, this is so cool. Everybody loves my camp. You know, <laughs> they want to come to my camp. But then I started putting kids on the waiting list and literally, literally kids that were right down the street. And I just thought that this is not right. 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 To have all these kids come from all over. And then I put my own kids on a waiting list. And I said, why don't we start camps in other states and help them meet the needs of their kids? So the first place we went was Alaska. Started the camp abilities in Alaska with 10 of my friends. They brought us all up to do that camp. And it was a huge hit. They still have camp abilities Alaska today. And then we did Arizona, Connecticut, and Maryland. And then we just grew and just, um, you know, still to this day, we're doing Indiana, um, this summer, we have Northern Arizona that's going to happen, another camp in North Georgia. And wow. Yeah, it's just like taken off and because um, people see the value in it. But I also, I created a, um, a, a startup manual. How do you start a camp abilities? And so now people can use that startup manual to start their own camp. So that's so awesome. I remember... So the way that you and I met for the first time, I attended one of your continuing education classes and volunteered as a student um, to help out in the portion where you kind of sat down with the parents and taught them a little bit of how to advocate for their children and ways mm-hmm. that they can get involved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And afterwards, I went and I called one of my friends, and she is a physical education teacher in our hometown, and I said, I went to this amazing course. It was so cool. I learned all about all of this PE stuff. And she laughed at me at first. I was like, Are, were you the only physical therapist there? Or So it was funny to me because I thought it was so all about physical therapy. And the more I talked to her about it, she said, I wish I could have gone to this class because I think it would have been really beneficial. And like you said, she said there wasn't enough in her um, undergrad education or anything where she felt that she could really excel teaching kids who have these visual impairments. Right, right. There isn't. There really isn't. Even even in my undergraduate class, I just don't have time to teach them everything I need to teach them about visual impairment or deaf blindness. I mean, maybe we spend two hours on it, which is just not enough, and they don't really get any hands-on experience unless they come to one of our mini camps or one of our programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I could easily say that that's probably the same thing that happens in physical therapy, especially since um, we tend to couple it with a more physical impairment. So a lot of the times kids will have a developmental delay if they have their visual impairment just because they're not hitting their motor milestones. And that's when we get involved. But we don't really talk about, okay, well, how are we going to get them involved in PE class? But as physical therapists, we are involved in the schools and helping teachers accommodate to different situations. Right. So I think what you're doing is so amazing. I can't talk about it enough with all of the people that I work with. So how would you say that Camp Abilities is different from other camps that are for children with visual and um, auditory deficits? Well, the thing about Our camp is that we teach functional skills like independent living skills and mobility, and we teach socialization and career awareness skills, but we teach it through sport. So sport is the medium. Mm -hmm. And, And that to me is the difference is that some of these camps, 
there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you have a camp that's focusing on on vocational skills, or you have a camp camp that's focusing on focusing on daily living skills. Those are what they focus on and dwell on, but they don't have that sport element in it typically. Or they might play. You know, they might go swimming, or they might right. go for a walk or a hike. But they're not doing. They're not teaching all these other skills functionally through sports. Like I know some some of the kids that I work with, they go and they do like a fake job. Mm-hmm. So it's not really vocational training because they're doing something that's not really a job. It's like kind of a created job, which is a good experience, <laughs> but it's not functional really. Right. And everything right. we do is functional, and we actually even have vocational tracks where kids can come in and have a job during camp too. Oh, wow. I didn't know that about it. So do they help run certain portions of like check-in or like meal prep or anything like that? They do meal prep. That's, that's one of them. Another one is a, an equipment specialist where they come and they help with the equipment, uh, okay. like setting up the equipment. And another one is if they're like on their track team or they're on their swim team, they're actually the sports specialist. So they'll come and they'll teach that sport that they know that they've been involved in. Very cool. So what age range would you say is kind of more of your vocational group of kids that come and participate? Oh, they have to be over 14. Okay. And then is it like an actual job? Are they getting paid or is it um, more of like a part of camp that's specially made for them? They get paid. They get paid. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That is super cool. I don't think anybody would be upset about getting paid to go to camp. No, that I was always my dream huh? job as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then overall, just for our listeners, what is the age range of your camp abilities? Sure. Camp goes from nine years old to 19 years old. And then I saw on your website, it looked like you want kids to obviously be able to participate in the sports and so not to need one-on-one nursing care or anything like that. Are there yeah. any other special um, stipulations just to make sure that the kids have the best time and are able to participate? Well, we want them to be able to communicate. So they have to have some type of language, whether it's sign language or whether it's some type of communication. So we know if they, if they're hurt or if they're mm-hmm. tired or if they want to do something for their free time. Okay. Yeah. So then they, they also just have to want to do sports. I mean, they don't just come to get away from their parents. They have to want to do, be involved in sports. Right. It's hard to teach a kid to play a sport when they're on the sideline, I've learned. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So the other thing that I absolutely love about your camp is that these kids go home and they now know how to advocate for themselves to be involved in their PE classes and the sports that are at their schools. Was that always your goal as part of the camp? Yeah, there was twofold. One was to get involved in their physical education and after school sports. So teaching them all the things that they would have opportunities to do at school and so that they could be successfully included or easily included. But the other thing we wanted to make sure they knew was Paralympic sports, like Mm -hmm. football and judo and things like that. But the other exciting thing right now is the five-a-side soccer. Yes. So I am a soccer player. I'm a soccer coach. And when I was on your website, I was absolutely thrilled when I saw the video explaining like how that was kind of brought over, right? It was a young man. I forget what country he was from. That's on your video. Luis. Yeah. From Colombia. Right. And I guess his father started it. Is that correct? Yeah. So cool. So our listeners, there's so much on the camp abilities website. There's too much for us to even discuss, (laughs) Um, but it will be in our info section underneath this podcast. I highly recommend that if you're interested in, in adaptive sports or anything that we're talking about today to go check out the videos. They're 
they're inspiring is the best way to put it. And they make you really just want to be involved. Right. So two things. One is that we just got a big grant from the Gibney Foundation because by the side soccer is in the Paralympics and it has been for years, but the U.S. has never had a team. Mm -hmm. Now that the Paralympics is going to be in L.A. in 2028, the U.S. is going to have a free bid for a team. You know, no matter how good our team is, we'll get to play in the Paralympics. But we don't have any infrastructure right now to train people how to play five-a-side soccer. So we got a big grant to bring soccer to all of our camps that are interested in teaching their kids five-a-side soccer. And now this summer, we're going to have 12 camps playing five-a-side soccer. And the likelihood of some of these kids now, they're 12, 13 years old, in 2028, they could be in the Paralympics on five-a-side soccer. Oh, my goodness. I just got chills thinking about that. I'm an adaptive sports junkie. And so I don't know... If any of our listeners have watched the Paralympics, it is incredible what these athletes can do, just like watching the Olympics. I personally think it's it's just outstanding because they obviously have had this deficit that they have overcome in their life, this impairment, and um, they can compete at the same level that many of the Olympians can compete at, yeah. and people don't know that. So I'm so impressed, and that's very exciting that you guys are including that in your camps. So... Your camps run with a lot of volunteers, it looks like. Yep, definitely. What do you look for in your volunteers? Well, what we want is we prefer volunteers that actually are going to be majoring in visual impairment, physical education, or adapted physical education. Um, And so, you know, we want people that are actually going to learn something they're going to be doing out in the field because if we have a waiting list for counselors, we want to be training counselors that are going to be effective when they get out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, that was something that I didn't know. I didn't know before I looked more into everything that was happening at Camp Abilities and more into your background. I didn't know how high you could go with your education in that area. So it's very cool that you give that experiential uh, opportunity to those students. Yeah, so that's that's one thing. The other thing, you were talking about our website. So we also have this wonderful grant from the Lavelle Fund for the Blind, and we've been making inclusion videos. And basically, they're for coaches, after-school sport coaches, and physical education teachers. And so basically, what we are promoting is we're promoting all the modifications that they, they would need to know to include their children in after-school sports and physical activity. And so uh, right now we have six sports, cross-country running, track and field, swimming, soccer, basketball, and wrestling. And we're making three more videos in a couple weeks. So um, we'll have nine different sports so teachers don't have to struggle and think, oh, how am I going to include this child who's blind into this sport? They can just look, you know, this 12-minute video, 10-minute video, and then see some strategies to help include that student. And so if parents are reluctant to let their child participate or if a coach is reluctant to let that child join, that's, it's just supposed to be helpful for them to know what to do. Yeah. So is that on your website currently or is it yep. going to be uploaded soon? Oh, they're, they're on there right now. It's under instructional materials. Perfect. So we will link that also because we love giving out resources to parents, teachers, especially when, you know, when anybody asks. Right, right. Right. So that's amazing. So we will point everybody in that direction also. Yeah. What other resources do you suggest 
if we're talking to parents or PE teachers in ways that they can look on how to get their children involved a little bit more in the activities that their peers are doing. Right. So on that website, also under on CampAbilities website, also under instructional strategies, we also have several videos about like, how do you teach motor skills? And then how does the paraeducator support the student with a visual impairment in physical education? So there's those videos on there as well. And then we also have a lot of PowerPoints, like we have a parent PowerPoint, a parent training. We have a teacher training on there. How do you, how do you treat a person who's visually impaired? Mm-hmm. We also have a modification checklist for the kids so that they can check off like what modifications work for them. And that's been like vetted. Our, it's actually the kids at our camp created that modifications checklist with the things that they prefer to be modified. Wow, that's that's really smart. That's great that they're so involved in the advocacy. I know that I've mentioned it already. I just think it is such a great portion of what you do at camp. And it's always what impresses everybody that I talk to about your camp. Yeah, thank you. Uh, But also another resource is the American Printing House for the Blind, APH. Mm -hmm. The American Printing House for the Blind uh, is a government fund organization. And they do lots of great equipment, books curricula and and uh, lots of great web resources for parents and teachers and so if you go to aph.org backslash pe you'll come to that website and you can click on products you can click on videos you can click on research and they do a great job keeping up with everything that's an excellent suggestion so like i said all of these will be posted in our comment section so What I want to know is because although it sounds like you have a lot of camp abilities going on, it sounds like there still needs to be more. So what areas of the country do you think really need camps to pop up in? Well, I have to say I've been really struggling with California. I mean, there's so many teachers that really care. California is a huge state and they have not won camp abilities. And I have people that really want to help, but nobody that really can guide or that really can lead the camp abilities there. So, you know, that would be a wonderful place to have a camp. But Mm -hmm. also, um, you know, there's any rural place, any rural area where, you know, kids might not have as many opportunities. We wrote a camp abilities startup manual where you literally, you just download the manual and you can start your own camp. And so is this manual on your website also? Yep, if you go to campabilities.org, and it's under media. Perfect. And there's two links. One is the manual, and one is all the forms that you need that are user-friendly. You can use it for your own camp. Great. So I personally am from pretty rural states. I went. I am from Montana, and I go to school in North Dakota right now. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I, I think that's about as rural as you can really think yeah, in the country. So. Um. Is it still beneficial to start one in your state when, you know, we don't have the largest population. So if there are neighboring states who have one, is it better to kind of say, you know, maybe for now suggest kids try to go there? Or would you say that there's probably enough kids in that state to start a camp abilities? Well, this is the thing is you could start a camp abilities with six kids because that's enough to play goalball. That's Mm -hmm. enough to play deep baseball. But when I was in North Dakota, uh, the people from South Dakota were very gung-ho as well. And if I were you, for example, your situation, it wouldn't be a bad idea to co- to collaborate with the people in South Dakota 
and work with them on starting a camp abilities. Right. Okay. So that is a good idea. So if any of our listeners are thinking about this and it seems like a big undertaking, which it is no small feat to run a summer camp. Right. (laughs) Um, But think about all of the people around you and it is such a great organization that you can't help but have others who want to be involved with it. Correct. So Lauren, where do you see the future of camp abilities going? Well, I did just get this um, Fulbright, this global Fulbright. I think we talked about it, but I will be going to Ghana. I'll be going to Ireland and in Brazil and starting camps in those three continents in hopes that that will spread in those continents. Now, New York State we have six camp abilities in our state, just in New York state, because people believe in it. People right. realize that a lot of parents don't want to drive seven hours to come to our camp. So the yeah. Island camp is very enticing for those parents. And so I, my goal is to have a camp abilities within a six hour drive of every child in the U S that kids can come and learn the sports and go back home and excel and be empowered and self advocate. And right. right now, I mean, I'm, I'm a full t- full-time professor. I don't have a- enough time to go around and teach people how to run these camps. But what I hope is that people will come to our camp, learn how to run their own, and then everybody will help start other camps in their communities when they get it. Yeah. That's excellent. I think that's a great goal for you guys. And honestly, um, I see you achieving it. It's there's so much passion within your organization that I don't think that there's um, that that's not a possibility. I hope so. And, you know, with with people like you that are helping us spread the word, I can totally see it happening as well. Like we just need more people that are going to be advocates and be, you know, jumping up and down. And oh, the other thing I think that's important and you you are in my workshop is that some people look at camp abilities as it's just sports camp. Mm-hmm. That's just a sports camp. Well, I need my child to learn how to work. I need my child to learn how to be independent. I need my child to learn how to, um, how to be social. Our camp, we just finished a study. We meet every component of the expanded core curriculum, self-determination, orientation and mobility, independent living skills, career awareness, compensatory and access skills, assistive technology, and sensory efficiency. There's nine areas of the expanded core curriculum, and we meet them every day with our kids. And so if you're second-guessing camp abilities because you want your child to work more on work skills, they, again, as, as I said before, they can get this functionally through camp yeah. abilities. And, you know, I have to say, and I'm sure this is true in your profession, it's true in PT for sure, a lot of us were athletes when we were younger. Yep so many of the what we become as adults comes from that background of sports you know those friendships the trust the teamwork those kind of core values in a person are developed so well through sports that they give somebody a drive for that independence because they have greater confidence in themselves to achieve exactly yeah yeah so i i absolutely love sports camp like i said i was a coach um it's fun to help children grow into who they are as a person and as an individual by helping them build confidence in yeah. the sports realm. Mm-hmm. And it easily transfers over. Definitely. 
I, I totally see it. Like, and that's what I was saying is that our kids are learning skills that they can generalize to mm-hmm. be better workers, to be better students, to be better friends, and uh, and to really be part of the community and not to be on the sidelines, which is what they have been for so many years before. And I just, I, I want to stop seeing our kids on the sidelines and start feeling like people have expectations of them to be active. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm going to bring it back to when I was watching the last Paralympics I saw some of these athletes and I have to say that I was probably somebody who discounted the Paralympics as a whole, because I just thought that whatever their disability was to classify them as a para athlete would not allow them to compete at the same level. And I saw people who were running faster than Olympians. Definitely. Yes, definitely. You know, and people need to know that just because you can't see doesn't mean that you can't be an athlete at a high, high caliber. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that that's the point that we want to show in that getting our kids out into the community is going to show people what they can do and not what they can't do. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing, I'm just going to give you a chance to plug any of these if you have any upcoming. You said that you're super busy. You're a full-time professor. You're running Camp Abilities, which is hosted all over the United States. So I'm sure you're answering phone calls and emails all the time, especially since camps are coming up. Yes. (laughs) And you also run continuing education courses. Do you have any upcoming continuing education courses that you're running around the country? Oh, that's a great question. Yes, this May... We're actually running an entire conference in Edinburgh in Scotland. It's the first ever international symposium on physical activity and visual impairment or deaf blindness. Wow. I don't know if we have reach all the way over there, (laughs) but if anybody is listening, that sounds like an excellent opportunity to be able to attend. We still have openings for poster sessions and, um, and we're going to have people from 15 or 18 different countries there. And it's just going to be a wonderful opportunity for people to come and speak, speak the language that their friends from other countries speak and then learn what other people are doing in other countries. And I'm, I'm just thrilled about that, that conference in Scotland. And then, yeah. Yeah. So then it goes from there and my life, that's how my life is. (laughs) Absolutely. Yesterday I was in Buffalo and I did an all day workshop in Buffalo for teachers, uh, with the Lavelle grant of train the trainers. So we train teachers how to train other teachers in the area of physical activity and sport. Wow. Well, I applaud you. You are going above and beyond um, to make sure that these children are included and that everybody else knows how to make it happen. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fun. It's really great to meet people like you, Josie, who are just so enthusiastic and really get it you understand how hard it is, but you understand how important it is. And that's what I am striving to do. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you definitely my fire. So I encourage any of our listeners, if you have the opportunity to go listen to Dr. Lieberman at any of her courses, feel free to do so. You can also email her and try to find a time where she is not too busy and you can (laughs) book her to speak at one of your events I saw on your website. So I'm going to plug that for you. Thank you, Josie. Yeah. it, Yeah. it, It makes me happy to go out and like, really talk directly to people and help them solve whatever issues they're running into and help them be the advocates in their area 
to teach their kids how to be self-advocates as well. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you think that our listeners need to know that we may have missed so far in the interview? The other thing that we do is we write books and we do research. So if anybody's ever interested in being part of our research or part of our, um, let's say our, our workshops or part of spreading the word, uh, please be, feel free to go to our website, you know, be part of the, part of the change. And I, again, I would always welcome people to start camp abilities where they are because we just don't have enough programs. Or if you have an existing camp, you can add sports to your existing camp, which is sometimes an easy way to go as well. Yes, absolutely. So all of those resources, like I said, that have been mentioned today will be in the description of this podcast. They'll also be on all of our social media sites for the next couple of months because we highly encourage all of you to get involved with this organization, maybe help start a camp in your area if at all possible. Because as Lauren said, the goal is to have a camp within six hours of every camper. Yes. So thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, Josie. And again, keep up the good work yourself. And I look forward to working with everyone. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the SNAP Podcast, where we talk about all things pediatric PT for students and new professionals. If you liked what you heard today with Josie and Dr. Lauren Lieberman, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so that our podcast can be shared with more of the world. Till next time.